Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined as always by Mr. Bo Brock on this audio-only podcast, dropping just 11 days from the start of training camp. Bo Brock, how are we feeling ahead of 2022 for the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, it's, you know, we're still waiting for that Kyler Murray report that he signed his contract. We're also waiting for what's going to happen with the Rodney Hudson center position. And then just, you know, what this team was facing, what what, what other, you know, I guess uh, adversity they're facing going into the season, despite all the talent on this roster, it's exciting. And we're, despite all that, it's an exciting time. And I think we're going to get some resolution on those things I mentioned in the, in the beginning. So, but between now and then, we've got some things to kind of break down as far as Steve Kime and where he ranks against his peers in the NFL. It's kind of a fun conversation because he's a polarizing figure in the Arizona Cardinals fan base. And, uh, you know, people have their opinion on Kime. So does Pete Doherty from the uh, from NBC Sports. And it's it's not too nice, Johnny. <laughs> no, uh, he Mr. Doherty ranks, uh, I think, damn near every position uh, and specifically uh, head coach and GM. He puts out these these rankings. He does a nice job, um, does Mr. Doherty every offseason for NBC Sports. Once upon a time, Steve Kime, who's it's, it's crazy to think about. He's, he's going to be entering his 10th year as general manager next year. Um, was at the top of this list for a while and, and composing what a lot of people thought were Super Bowl-level rosters. Well, fast forward to 2022, Bo, and uh, Steve Keim is 21st, according to Patrick Doherty of NBC Sports. Uh, here's what he has to say about Steve. Steve Keim's rosters have won exactly one playoff game in nine seasons, that, of course, being the Packer game uh, in the divisional round in 2015. It might be time to stop waiting for the Jason Light lights to come on. But unlike Light in his six years before Tom Brady, Kime at least cobbled together some postseason teams. He had one squad in 2021. The problem is all of his deficiencies were laid bare by the time they got dismantled, that being the Cardinals in the wild card round. An offense low on playmakers despite heavy investment. I would disagree with that. A defense too reliant on aging players and spare parts. A lack of production from first-round picks, with notable exception of Kyler Murray. Of course, Murray himself was cross enough by the offense to briefly flirt 
with forcing his way out of the desert. I, again, I don't think it not got nearly to that point. Uh, it didn't come to pass, but the relationship could get worse before it gets better. Cardinal shed Chase Edmonds and Christian Kirk this spring. That was before losing DeAndre Hopkins to a six-game suspension for PEDs. Kime counter by swapping a first-rounder for underachieving Ravens wide receiver Marquise Brown. Kime survived Josh Rosen and lived to tell about it. He's probably not going to get a third chance if the Cardinals fail to break through in year four under Murray. Well, I hate to tell Patrick, Kime got a nice five-year extension in the offseason. So I don't, <laughs> don't think he's going anywhere, much to the dismay of uh, a lot of our fan base, Bo. But just hearing those initial thoughts and knowing that uh, Patrick ranked him 21st out of 27 because the cutoff mm -hmm. then is all the new GMs fall after 27. So uh, according to Patrick, he's bottom of the barrel. Do you agree with that in uh, most of his comments? No. I, and I think, you know, as far as his comments go, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. It's like they shed Christian Kirk, like it's a bad thing. And then they add Hollywood Brown. Like that's a bad thing. I, I you know, it, it's you, you can't have both like Hollywood Brown's an underachieving wide receiver. He just had a thousand yards and a run heavy offense. It's just, it, it doesn't, you know, the, the, the one glaring statistic is the, the one victory, right? The one victory in nine seasons, 2013, despite all the success that Bruce Arians had, but there's, there's, he puts no, uh, he, he doesn't, he doesn't criticize anybody, but Kime in this, and it's specific to the general manager. But when you look at who his top GM, it's less need with the Los Angeles Rams, who's really piggybacking the success of his, of his coach. And I think Steve Kime had that advantage from 2013 through 2017 with BA. And then since he's, he's had to really dig himself out of some holes that he, he dug himself. Um, so, you know, I, I think that Steve Kime, it's, it's one of those things. I feel like when I look at Steve Kime, the general manager the last couple of years, it really reminds me of how I kind of conducted myself financially through college. Like there was no margin for error and there was some, there was a lot of mistakes that were made, but I somehow survived. I was in, in the rattle bunch, you know, but at the same time I was able to, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't homeless at any point. So <laughs> I don't know if that's, that's a good way to, to grade Steve Kime, but at the same time, I think he, he gets dumped on for, not taking advantage of Kyler Murray's rookie contract, where I think he's done a pretty decent job with this team uh, improving year in and year out. Like that's not put in the, in the little blurb about Steve Kime and why he's 22nd overall out of 27 GMs, you know, who have been in the league the last couple of years. So no, I, I, I don't, I don't agree with it. I think him like Cliff Kingsbury is somewhere in the middle of the road and he deserves more credit for the Cardinals getting out of that giant 2018 hole and getting back to the postseason in just three seasons. I, I, I think that there should be credit there. You also have to kind of grade on a curve. They're in the NFC West. Um, when they took over, he uh, and, and Bruce Arians in, in 2013, the division was representative in the NFC Championship game with the Seahawks and the 49ers. And then this past year, the division is represented in the NFC title game. I mean, the NFC West has not gone through a lull maybe like they did once upon a time with, with Rod Graves and company that that hasn't happened during his nine years. You've had a hall of fame quarterback and Russell Wilson. You've got this juggernaut now that's the gold standard in pro football with the LA Rams. And then the San Francisco 49ers have been to two Super Bowls. Like that's mm -hmm. a real thing that's had, this isn't the NFC North where it's the Packers can dominate uh, year in and year out. This isn't the NFC East where a team wins it with an under 500 record. You know, he mentioned Jason light kind of the second coming 
Well, I mean, what's Jason like before Tom Brady? Let's be honest. He's had some nice the draft man, The man drafted a kicker in the second round. That's right. Uh, <laughs> that, I mean, he was on life support as a general manager before Tom Brady got there. So it, I, I – He has I Bruce am, Arians there. I mean, at the, the same advantage that Steve Kime had, he had Bruce Arians. Yeah. And that long tenured NFL like coaching tree and, and player tree that he could tip into. Like he was just he was he was picking up Kevin Mentor. He was picking up Dayon Buchanan. He was picking up guys that he was familiar with that wanted that felt comfortable enough to come play for Bruce Arians that Cliff Kingsbury doesn't have, unfortunately. That's the that's one of the concessions that they made by making Cliff Kingsbury their head coach. And Cliff is gonna have to continue to grow that and develop that. But you know, Jason Light I mean that that's that's a great point, Johnny. It's just like Jason Light is not God's gift to general managing. No. He's far from it. He was probably you know his last gap effort was hiring Bruce Arians, and that first year wasn't that spectacular. It was the thirty thirty year from Jameis Williams. It was a not a Jameis uh, Jameis Winston, and it wasn't even a playoff year. They were under five hundred, and then they're gifted. God gifts them Tom Brady and Jason Light is is turned into this genius all of a sudden it's like well it's a little bit easy it's easy to be a gm when the goat is your quarterback i i I have never been to the point Bo, of like sitting back at the end of the season and pounding my fist saying um steve kime needs to be fired would i have understood it in years prior especially after you know, the Josh Rosen debacle where they fired Steve Wilkes. Absolutely. But I was surprised that they had fired Steve Wilkes. So I really didn't process the fact that they could have cleaned house entirely until kind of after the fact. I wrote an article at GoPHNX, uh, middle of the season last year, toward the end, in like November, when the Cardinals were really humming. And it basically was just Steve Kime, he batted almost a thousand last offseason. Say what you want about him now. I mean, they went to the playoffs last year. Think about what he did last offseason and, and how that was perceived around the NFL. And there was talk of him, and he didn't win it, of course, but being GM of the year again. And he's already a two-time, I think, pro football focus or pro football talk GM of the year for 2013-2014. You get James Conner. You get A.J. Green for next to nothing. Matt Prater was fantastic. The Rodney Hudson trade on the surface looked good. Now revisit it. I, I don't know how we should feel about that. You courted J.J. Watt to, to Arizona, right? You got Rondell Moore in the second. You got Marco Wilson in the fourth. Basically, his his only kind of bugaboo was GM last year was Zayvon Collins at sixteen. And you know, you, you go back and you revisit that draft right now. I mean, like there there isn't anything jumping out of like you passed on like a CD Lamb and he was right there and you didn't take him. So I I give him a little bit more grace on like somebody like Zayvon Collins as compared to Isaiah Simmons. But I I'm not at the point where I feel like he. Uh, is hitting on all cylinders like once upon a time. You mentioned a good point. I, I think he's not made the most of Kyler's contract, but I also feel like, I mean, like the Cardinals were the worst team in the NFL on his watch, and they are now a playoff team again, and they are favorited to potentially get back to the postseason. And in this article, I mean, Brad Holmes ahead of him for Detroit, Joe Douglas for the Jets. I mean, I can tell you right now, the Cardinals are going to have a better record in both those teams this year. Um, yeah. yeah no. And Go ahead. No, I mean I, I completely agree with that. It's uh, it, it, there is he has one massive strike against him. He really does. I mean, as far as how he operates on a year-to-year basis, it's it's where his his downfall is the draft. He has struggled mightily. It's not debatable. He has struggled yeah. as far as finding 
talent, you know, not like he, he's like, if you look at it, it's not too bad. Remember I did the rankings from like all of his picks yeah. and, you, and you saw, you know, who got a second contract and you saw a lot of guys that could contribute on a Sunday on an NFL team, but you didn't see It's really just the fir- like the first rounders. Like, is he great right. two through seven? No, he's not great, but he's not horrible. Right. He's gotten guys to other, it's the first, his first round picks have been borderline horrific. And mm-hmm. yet he somehow has a winning record as, as a GM. And as much as we like to think like your job as a GM is just to draft, it's not. Like go ask the people in Green Bay, you know, outside Aaron Rodgers. They are furious with how they operate because they hit on draft picks, but they don't participate in free agency. So it's like if we're going to dog Kime for the lack of his production from first rounders, you have to say like he he stole DeAndre Hopkins. He stole Chandler Jones, right? He's made a slew of quality. He stole, I would argue, Zach Ertz and, and courted him back to Arizona. I mean, it just and in Drake. You can't discredit like yeah. you can't th- those can't just be throwaways. That's a part part of his job. Mm-hmm. No, a big part. I think you've got three areas, right? You've got free agency, you've got making trades, and you've got uh, drafting and developing guys. And I think he, you can say that he hits on two of those three. Now, you you want somebody to be able to hit at least. In part of all those three areas, if you do, like you probably look at guys who are in the top 10 of this list. Um, I, Les Snead, you know, I don't think you can say that he's been, you know, solid in all three areas. He's been solid in, in his hiring his coach in 2017 and Sean McVay and, and what he's been able to do in developing those guys that were on that roster long before McVay was there and actually turned the corner when he got there. And, and what McVay has been able to do in developing guys beyond the first round picks they haven't had for the last couple of years. But, you know, Steve Kime, he, he deserves obviously the criticism that he gets, but he also, you know, to bury him and to, to make him a punching bag. And, you know, the reason that this team, I, I don't, I, I think that from where they came and it's, it's the curve grading from 2018 to where they are now, he's done a good job and he had to get very creative. Like the, the contracts that he was signing guys to, weren't your traditional contracts. He had to get very creative as far as dummy years, void years, you know, some of them that were just completely crushed by the Bill Barnwells of the world because they didn't make sense to them. It wasn't the norm. You know, Jordan Phillips, unfortunately, didn't work out. Uh, Devon Cornard didn't work out. That offseason was rough. But to your point, you know, last year, he was firing off cylinders. Like, he was he was on a heater last year, and it nearly worked out for him. I mean, it got him to the postseason, but that team – you know, due to his lack of, you know, inability to to draft and develop guys, they didn't have the depth, you know, to, to really muster any kind of uh, winning football or playing at a high level at that point last year when they needed to. But, you know, he got them to where they needed to go. That was a big step after missing out the previous season. I, I just um, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and, and say that he's the 22nd ranked GM and like like you said Brad Holmes come on Detroit like just because he's taking them from where they were doesn't mean he's he's already you know ahead of guys who are architects for teams that were in the postseason for God's sake I'm gonna uh break some news here the Jets are going to finish fourth again in their division because (laughs) they are the Jets and they're terrible Joe Douglas I don't care how many top draft picks he gets just because you've earned top draft picks because your team sucks uh, does not, I mean, for, for how many top 10 picks has Steve Kime had since 2013? Three, Jonathan Cooper that he inherited. So I don't even count that. He had the seventh pick that year. He inherited 
Uh, or so, and then the Isaiah he made Simmons the, pick. He made the Cooper pick. Yeah. He, I just mean yeah. like, how often yeah. is Steve kind of picking in the top ten? Yeah. I, twice, and I'm not counting the Rosen trade up because they were supposed to pick 15. So it was Kyler Murray and it was Isaiah Simmons. The, the height of their rebuild. That was it. I mean, the Lions, the Jets, they're in the top 10 every year. Eventually, you're going to get mm-hmm. some pretty good talent. Just depends on what you do with it. Right now, I want to remind everybody, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. Make your first deposit. Get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code PHNX. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for more details. We're breaking down uh, Pat Doherty's Doherty, Doherty's uh, rankings on NBC Sports. The, I think the tough part, too, Bo, is Les Snead's number one on here. Les Snead was awful in St. Louis. He made some horrific draft picks. He got his golden child, his kingmaker, and Sean McVay. And, and since then, he's made some decent picks on day three. But, I mean, it's just I feel like these, these trades are really kind of spearheaded by McVay's ability to evaluate talent and know what he likes, likes what he knows, right? So it's like, yeah, hell yeah, I could turn – Matthew Stafford into a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So he's number one. You've got John Lynch slash Kyle Shanahan as number five because of the, you know, the fact that they found George Kittle in the fifth round and mm-hmm. Debo Samuel in the second round. Really, their first round picks have not been great, but mm-hmm. they've just done a much better job than Kime has of finding just not only starters, but star players in later rounds. Now it, it could all go up in flames if um, you know, Trey Lance doesn't work out, but I think it also, it's something to be said. And I, this is where I kind of criticize Steve with his authority. Like he's drafted a lot of high end defensive players that do not play because his defensive coordinator will not play him. He refuses. Mm-hmm. Byron Murphy barely played as a rookie. We know the story with Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. I, I think what makes Lynch and Shanahan so effective is, you know, Shanahan, I think gets the most out of a lot of those picks. And I don't think we can say the same for the relationship between Kime and the coaching staff. You could argue outside of Kyler Murray, who's Cliff Kingsbury really developed as an offensive play caller and coordinator, right? Who is Vance Joseph really developed for Steve Kime outside of like saving Hassan Reddick's career. So I we're, we're too early into this, like, when guys leave and we're going to see with Christian Kirk in Jacksonville, like, could he go explode for, you know, a Renaissance with his career, but I'm going to be frustrated if some of these picks like a Byron or a Zach Allen hit the free agency market and go blossom somewhere else. Because then if I'm Steve Kime, it's an indictment of my coaching staff, not my ability to evaluate this personnel. Yeah, for sure. And it's something that it was a point that we brought up earlier this week on, on PHNX Cardinals. And I encourage you to check it out when we were talking about, you know, why haven't they been more active it, this, you know, especially post free agency in filling the perceived holes, whether it's the cornerback room or whether it's the defensive line or the edge rusher uh, room. It's because Steve Kimes probably like, I want these guys that I drafted to freaking play. I want, I want to see what Cameron Thomas has. I want to see if Maje Sanders can be dogs and get after the quarterback, what I drafted them to do and not ride the pine because I brought in a veteran you know, who could go over there and, and be rotational and, and, t- and, you know, just take up all the snaps because, you know, VJ is going to do that if he's given the opportunity. So that, that that's something that we've kind of been following. So, no, it's Steve Kime. It's such a 
it's such a, he is, he's, I understand why he's polarizing. Um, you know, the, I, I think that John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan, obviously because of who the 49ers are as a franchise and they transcend even the Bay area, they're just a beloved franchise across the country. And they get a lot of too much love sometimes because like Solomon Thomas is, was a bust and like Trey, Trey Lance could be crippling as far as where their roster is now and that they're a quarterback away. Like, they continue. Do you remember that draft? Not to interrupt you. Do you remember that draft yeah. that took Solomon Thomas and then who's the linebacker that they took at thirty-two? Yeah. Ruben, um, Ruben Foster. Yeah. Just they. I mean, he had two first-round picks. He missed on both of them. Yeah, he did. Ruben Foster was off the roster, I think, by year two because of yeah. off-the-field issues and shocker, red flags before he was drafted that he was a bad person. But they decided, hey, you know, we can figure it out. Uh, we'll put him with the genius that is Kyle Shanahan. Even Robert Sala couldn't figure out Reuben Foster. He couldn't figure out Solomon Thomas. But then they hit on DeForest Buckner and they hit on Nick Bosa. The Arizona Cardinals pretty much gift, gifted to him because they needed to take the quarterback. Um, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, he has developed the one guy that he needed to develop, and that's Kyler Murray. Now, you, you hope to see more development from 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 guys. I mean, he, he did get Christian Kirk and he did get Chase Edmonds some pretty handsome contracts this year, unfortunately for some different teams and the team didn't feel like they needed to retain them. Uh, it's such a double-edged sword. It feels like with, with Kime and with Cliff, like you, you really have to like the actual numbers that matter wins and losses. They've, they've been producing obviously with some, you know, where frustration, but at the same token, it's like, you look at where you can easily point to where they struggle as, as far as a coach and as a GM. Well, here's the thing too. It just, I, I think that like conceivably with Steve, if he, if he makes one or two other moves in recent memory, the, the perception of him is completely different because I, again, as much as I loved Josh Rosen, like if he takes Lamar Jackson, it's completely different. Even recently, like if he takes, Isaiah, if he does, if he passes on Isaiah Simmons, let's just go back to the start of the rebuild in 2019. And he takes Tristan Wirfs instead, somebody they worked out, somebody that they considered, or they traded down and take take took CeeDee Lamb, somebody like that. I, but they were really seemed like it was it was between Tristan Wirfs and, and Isaiah Simmons. Then you've gone back to back home run, potential two <laughs> Hall of Fame caliber players. The perception of you is very different. But he he has a stigma of his own merit right now that he just he's obsessed with tweeners he's obsessed with guys that are positionless in the nfl dating back to dayon buchanan um he, he chases his white whales at inside linebacker kevin minter dayon buchanan hassan reddick isaiah simmons avon collins I and mean, it's almost comical now all those guys are just listed were first or second round picks so he does not help himself and i think free agency is great we love when he makes the big splash move. It comes out of nowhere. He's aggressive. He's everything you want a GM to be in the month of March. But we know this. It's not sustainable. You can't build your team like that. And I think we're kind of seeing the result of that this offseason. We're like they weren't active. They haven't been active. We have no kind time signing. There's been no marquee addition. And so I know they're restructuring a lot of their front office, Bo. They're bringing in more analytic-based people. Um, and, and they're, I think they're going to change kind of their philosophy, how they draft. Now they traded the first round pick this year. Uh, so they didn't have one, but I think you and I both like the potential of the rest of the group that they brought in. 
I, I think this is Steve Kime saying, I know I have to change the way I operate because I'm going to pay my quarterback well-deserved. I drafted him. My coach that I hired developed him. We're going to pay him money. There's a big box checked off. Say what you want about, about him. That's something that I would say 90% of GMs can't accomplish, and he was able to do that. So kudos to him. Right. But now it's like he needs to evolve. Can he evolve right. like some of these other GMs? If he can't, it's going to come down – crashing and burning qu pretty quickly because there's not going to be those free agent band-aids of years prior. You're not going to be able to go out and get a DeAndre Hopkins and pay him $30 million a year right. to supplement. Right. You're going to need to and hit on a fourth round receiver that produces and gives you production. Yeah. And, and but th there is an evolution there and it's, it's one that's going to make people, I don't know where they're listening to this podcast for their, their, in their car, they're going to punch their steering wheel or they're going to screech on the brakes and, and just yell the F word as loud as possible. It's like, the evolution is he's figuring out how to draft and develop players with the coaching staff and how they're going to approach that same, you know, task. And, and with Vance Joseph, I think that's the way that he's drafting defensive players. It doesn't fit his DC. Right. And, and that's got it. That's a, that's a huge frustration. That's gotta be a huge frustration, especially this fan base. So there, there is an evolution and there's it's, it's ones that it's, it's been going on and it wasn't without mistakes. Um, but I mean, you talk about what he's obsessed with. Let me tell you about a couple of things I'm obsessed with, Johnny. How about Four Peaks? Go to Four Peaks in Tempe. One of my favorite things to do: meet up with the boys, have a few drinks, have a have some great food, some app the appetizers, the entrees, the beers. Uh, just it, it's unmatched, and of course, it's woven in the fabric of this great state of Arizona. You think about beer, you think about AZ, and Four Peaks, the first place you think about. It's unbelievable. They've got a wide range. Of great beers whether you're an ipa guy you love the hops you love maybe just the the wheat beers you want something that tastes similar to blue moon or better how about the wow joy bus wheat that's unbelievable one of my personal favorites you got the peach as well you want something a little fruity or something on a summer day uh there you go that's what you want four peaks you can check them out h street of course in tempe and their og location you can check them out at the uh at the airport and you can also check them out wherever you find your favorite beer. You can find them in Circle K. You can find them in Safeway, Fries. And of course, you must be 21 or older and enjoy responsibly. Of course, OGs. OGs just launched their first ever limited edition seasonal flavor, Pina Colada. It's the perfect pineapple and creamy coconut blend. Our guy, the GM, Saul Bookman, said there's more incredible stuff coming from OGs. You're not going to believe it when they're going to start rolling them out before this fall you want to learn about those you want to kind of keep tabs on them follow them on on, on instagram ogs brands at ogs brands and of course you can check them out ogsbrands.com and find their products at your local dispensary 21 or older on that one as well to enjoy responsibly so as we conclude our audio only podcast mr bo brock for him to elevate onto the top of this leaderboard here what do you think uh, Mr. Steve Kime has to accomplish this year? What what needs to happen? Who needs to blossom yeah. into, you know, star quality players that he's drafted and developed for him to see himself potentially elevated into the top 10 to 12? Um, I mean, it's going to, it's really on the players. It's going to be on guys like Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, Josh Jones. Um, and, and then this year's crop, Trey McBride, a guy um, kind of tapping into what they envisioned for him and, and to help be a part of the solution of this offense going to the next level, helping Kyler Murray, who's going to sign uh, the largest contract in franchise history, show that he was worth every dime in that. Trey McBride's part of that solution. And then, of course, the pass rush 
you know, the two third rounders. It's going to be important for Maje Sanders and Cameron Thomas to get in there and get some rotational sacks and make some noise. It, that's it's going to be important for that. Um, you know, I, I don't think this list it, it, it tells the truth. I don't I don't feel like he's a bottom ten GM um, in this situation. That's where they have him. It, you know, they have him there, and then Howie Roseman in the top ten is an absolute crime. You know, you you might be blown away by what Howie's done, but if you've looked at what Howie, you know, a guy who's been through how many head coaches who's blown the quarterback position more than, than Kime has, even with the Josh Rosen misstep, and who has the worst resume in drafting wide receivers than Kime. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is a it's a pretty short list when you get to Howie Roseman at eight. That's laughable to me. So I'm not putting too much credit in this. You know, I, I appreciate that Pete does this every year, but you know, this is he's probably somewhere around fourteenth. I would say 14th the twelve to sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hate that. Chris Ballard at 11. I'm going to tell you right now, if Chris Ballard didn't make the playoffs this year, he's getting fired. Uh, and Kime is But people fall in love with what Ballard's done. Like they do. And, and, and what he did compared to his predecessors is, is really impressive. And what he does in the draft and stock that, ta- that roster full of talent. I know that yeah. he doesn't have shit for sh- to show for it, but, you know, I think. It's not. It's where where the Colts are struggling. It's it's more on Frank Reich, that coaching staff. Obviously, who they the quarterback position has been an absolute just uh, uh, revolving door, which is not usually means success for any franchise. But I, I like Ballard. I think Ballard. I would take Ballard over Howie Roseman. That that's I didn't see that. That's one of the most laughable things I've ever seen. Howie had a pretty good off season. You don't like his off season trading for uh, AJ Brown, taking the Kobe sure. Team. Yeah, Five but like that's dollar. all based on projection, right? Like at least Ballard, like since he took over, like the Colts have been better. Uh, they've been in a better, more competitive spot than Ryan Grigsby. Like Howie Roseman, like they they navigated a, a very poor division, the NFC least, to get to the playoffs, and and they didn't have a very impressive playoff performance. They go nine and eight, probably the one of the worst playoff teams in last year's uh, tournament. So. No, I'm not. I don't know. I mean, Andy Reid put together the dream team, and they were a complete flop. We know that yeah. like winning the best off season doesn't mean shit in the NFL. So, no, I'm not just. Be, I'm not going to give him. I'm not going to put him in the top ten just because he had a decent off season. It's like, would you? Did, did was Steve Kime a top ten guy last year? I don't remember. Was he? No, he's that, been in yeah. the twenties. He's been in the twenties yeah. since they bottomed out. I mean, yeah. he, he's got nine lives, and again. Um, fan, there, I would say majority of the fan base does, does not think he should be employed. Uh, that I get it. Like 2018 should have been a reset. It should have been. Um, Especially you're going to do that to, to Steve Wilkes. Like whether yeah. or not you want to keep Steve around, like you probably need to do by right by everybody else and just say, Hey, the, the GM really set us up for failure. But mm-hmm. I never even, I never even considered that they would do that because what I thought was, they got the quarterback, and Steve was able to do that. I was a believer in Josh Rosen, but uh, I also give him credit. I mean, he, he was ballsy and got Kyler Murray when everybody and their mother was telling him, you can't do that. That's unprecedented. And, um, I mean, he's the, he's the most successful GM they've ever had. So context is everything. Uh, standards are everything. You know, I, I posted something on Michael Bidwell on Twitter a couple of days ago. I mean, the, the Michael Bidwell, Steve Kime, Bruce Arians, you know, Cliff Kingsbury kind of eras here. 
that's as good as you're going to get outside of Don Coriel in the late 70s for this franchise. And I, we, we want to raise the bar. We're attempting to raise the bar. We raise the bar every day here at PHNX Cardinals. But, yeah, you have to look at it glass half full. I mean, this is, this is not the Patriots. This is not the Steelers. This is not the Cowboys. Not yet. Um, and so, yeah, you got to lay the foundation of, of some success here. I want to remind everybody COVID-19 vaccines are free for everybody five and up. Those 12 and older are also eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location nearest to you. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast, PHNX Cardinals. Check us out at go PHNX Cardinals, or excuse me, gophnx.com. I put together an article recently about why the Cardinals roster that was built by Steve Kime is a little bit undervalued at the moment. You can check that out and more. Check out the PHNX merchandise locker. Get a bunch of gear as we load up for a pivotal 2022. Bo Brock and I will be back on Monday. Who knows, Bo? We say this every week. Maybe we get a piece of uh, Tasty Nugget news as it relates to Kyler Murray, as it relates to Rodney Hudson. There's some speculation out there. Murray's contract could be done sooner. Wouldn't that be a nice gift for you and I to to, to be able to do on Monday? It's just to kind of have a celebratory pod for Kyler Murray signing his extension. We probably won't get it. It'll probably come at the at the tenth hour, uh, the eleventh hour, right before training camp starts. But as long as it gets done, that's fine. Yeah, and then Steve Kime, you know, he won't get the credit for it, but you know, for for him to kind of hold steady throughout all the noise. Uh, him and Michael Bidwell deserve, you know, holding steadfast with doing it kind of on their, their, uh, timeline. We will see. Thanks for being a part of our timeline here on PHNX Cardinals. We will see everybody on Monday. Have a great weekend. Take care.